0: Welcome to Dragon Talk! Yay! Dragon Talk!
1: Woo! I love Dragon Talk! Greg Tito, man! Oh, you got a fan out there. (laughs) (laughs) You got a fan. You like Greg Tito out there? Yeah, I do!
0: Oh, we love you, man. Give him your shirt. I'm taking off my shirt. (laughs) Here, have this drumstick. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Plunk. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you hit him in the head. Oh, darn, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Here's my card. I'll give you a and d bag. That oh, <laughs> okay. make up for it?
1: We'll give you a mug.
0: I love you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Greg Tito, if you didn't figure that out. That's Shelly. But, you, I mean, your voice basically just sounds very much like me when you do that.
1: Right? Yeah. I know, it's hard. It seems like, oh, just Greg. There's two Greg Titos on this. <laughs> it's like you? I don't even
0: know who's who anymore. You can't tell
1: the difference. Can you? We've been hanging out. Together too long. Now we just sound like each other. Well, no, I just really
0: want to play some music.
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, music! (laughs) (laughs) Music! We should do our old person's (laughs) version. (laughs) That was so last episode. (laughs) I don't think you even made it into the last episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Maybe we'll
0: have that as outtakes. Um, But we are excited for this episode because we are speaking to uh, two amazing artists. Um, Nina Heath and Selena Heinen.
1: Yeah. They
0: are uh, from Dwarven Forge. They make a lot of the scenery that you see on many uh, of a D&D table including at D&D Live 2019. Yes. The Descent. That was so um, cool. Yes, it was very very interesting and these folks work on it and I can't wait to pick their brains about what it's like uh, you know living in Brooklyn because I always like to talk to people about yeah. my old my old haunt. But also uh, uh, creating amazing stuff uh, and uh, making the high level, you know, D and D play out there. I mean, I know I've been I've been dungeon mastering uh, with some folks in uh, with Seattle, and they're all very jealous of other people's setups. And they're like, Why well, come, you don't do that." And I'm like, "Oh, because it takes a lot of time." And Why effort. don't you? I, well, now I will. And now I feel compelled to. I think um, you should. And it is all because the work that they do looks amazing. So we're it gonna, really does. We're gonna get in. These it. two
1: have a lot of fans. They a lot do. of people really love and appreciate the work that they do and with our community. It's so true. I'm excited to talk to them.
0: Me too. Me too. Yeah, there it's was like a big
1: outpouring of people like, oh, I'm so glad you're talking to them.
0: Right? Yeah. I, I did see that too. Yeah. It was like a lot of like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, people are also saying that about Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. Yeah. yeah. September 17th The adventure has everything you need in it to play, both in Baldur's Gate. There's a Gazetteer chapter about that. There's also a Gazetteer chapter about Avernus, and it's also got the storyline campaign uh, that takes you from level one to level thirteen. That's a lot. That's a lot of levels. Uh, Also, uh, you get to go to hell, which is did it
1: stop at thirteen on purpose? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was basically like I could have put it at twelve or fourteen, but I'm like, no, it goes to level thirteen. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. because it's lucky. It seemed right does seem right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think everything that's going to be in that uh, book is going to be uh, played for years to come. So I'm, I'm very excited about getting it out there uh, for folks.
1: Well, I feel like it would take me years to years. get to level 13.
0: Years. But we'll see. Because I'm slow. <laughs> You're like I got slow playing I on the brain. Don't
1: do a lot. <laughs> don't level up quickly.
0: <laughs> You're like I don't kill a lot of monsters. I like to talk to them. Yeah, uh, and see what their heads at. Yeah. Why are you a monster? You should get some uh, some experience rewards for that though too. Yes, I should. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk to your dungeon master. I that's September 17th. There's a lot of ancillary products involved with that, including uh, a Dyson Miscellany set that is potentially the best. Uh, best oh set yeah. Slash combo story you know, uh, uh, product out there. Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus... No, wait, no. Battle for Baldur's Gate. That's what I always get wrong, is uh, the Dungeon Mayhem expansion also coming out on September 17th. And we also announced Tyranny of Dragons at San Diego Comic-Con. This is a re-release of... The oh, yeah. adventures uh, that came out in the fifth edition uh, uh, release in 2014. It was two books at the time. It was called uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat. Yes. We have combined them into one tome with a new alternate cover designed by Hydro 74.
1: Amazing. The
0: five heads of Tiamat on the front of it. It looks fantabulous.
1: Oh, yes. I feel like if I ever really wanted a tattoo, which I don't, but if I did, I might
0: want that. Like on your back? Yes. Wow. Oh, like Ben Affleck. <laughs> like Does Ben Affleck? he have, like a
1: giant dragon on his back? Or Does something? he? Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't want it that big. Like, I think she'd be cool, like around my arm or That'd something. That'd be really, really
0: cool. Yeah. I want to get Satine to do it. Did you see on, she recently just did a tattoo on somebody? I'm like, that I want. She did? Yeah. Oh, my God. How cool is that?
1: She's amazing. I'm I really do. hoping that she does her makeup tutorials, <laughs> her videos.
0: To look like Tiamat?
1: To just look like her. Yeah, that's right. That's
0: true. <laughs> um, I would so be
1: very much a fan.
0: *Tyranny of Dragons comes out October 22nd. Uh, It is available only through game stores. Okay. So check it out there. Um, It is, as I said, an alternate cover. um, And there's some um, uh, combining of the two books together in one as well as, you know... um, so, like, the appendices and stuff aren't doubled up. The table of contents aren't doubled up, obviously. It's, it's all just kind of literally
1: together, just a mashing right? of the
0: two books. We took some comments from the first couple of the encounters. Uh, we've learned a lot over the last five years of feedback from players and fans. So that um, uh, first kind of encounters are, are smoothed uh, a little bit. As well, there is an art gallery of, of stuff that people have never, ever seen oh, before. No way. Of concept art about uh, oh, I love dragons that. and Tiamat um, in the back. And so there is,
2: that is
1: awesome. stuff
0: in there that. You can get nowhere else.
1: I love seeing concept art.
0: I know, me too. Right to see like where the ideas came from.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's really cool.
0: So uh, you'll get that in that book, as well as uh, there's one more thing. Oh yeah, there's stuff that was only available online. Uh, So there was uh, some magic items and some other um, you know D and D mechanical things that were not in the books themselves, but were released kind of in tandem only online. But that will be in this book as well.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, we really right. beefed them up. Check
0: it out. Just Revisit. that cover
1: alone, though. Oh my god. It I know. might be one of my favorites. That's what I want to get this. Definitely my top three. A,
0: as a poster, maybe. I know. And then put it on the screen. Can ceiling. you
1: make it like those, those velvet posters? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> those black light posters. Oh,
0: we should totally do that. Well, which one? Black light or velvet? Oh, wait, yeah. Both. But
1: weren't the black light ones kind of velvet, too?
0: Not always. Done? Not always. I
1: always picture them being one and the same. I want velvet.
0: We should talk to Death Saves and see if they want to make uh, uh, a ultraviolet poster of that. I think it'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, at least a t-shirt. I mean, at least I need a that t-shirt. on a t-shirt. I know, right? Cool stuff all or around. Or a fake tattoo.
0: We talked all about this and more stuff at San Diego Comic-Con a couple weeks ago. Uh Check out all of the video from that. It's up on our YouTube page, uh, Pelham Green and Nathan Stewart here from the D&D office. We're down there rocking and rolling all about it. Uh, Of course, we've also kicked off our Extra Life promotion.
2: Yay! It's our
0: seventh year. We've raised, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for Extra Life. Yep. In the past seven years, and we're hoping to ramp up and do even more for the kids. That is where we play tabletop games, uh, ask for donations, and is all in support of the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, more specifically, we'll go towards Seattle Children's Hospital uh, that my kid's been at.
1: My kid's been at. And
0: your kid's been at. Yeah. And they're it great. Is, they are fantastic. They really make it warm and welcoming for children who are going through a hard time or yep. a bad injury or sickness or things like that. And it's fantastic. Uh, so we love to support that. We've been doing it for years, as I said, and we're just now ramping up our... Um, uh, uh, initiative to to drive more money. I don't know if you know this, but I put up my Extra Life page.
1: Oh, you did already today.
0: Oh, um, and some of the things are um, Dragon Talk what? interviews. Maybe if,
1: I should could work with you on some of those. Yeah,
0: I put some high ticket items on there, so uh, like they
1: could be part of our studio audience.
0: They could be part of our studio. audience. Well, Why I didn't put that on there? You should put that on yours. Uh, I did like I'll, that we'll, would
1: be hysterical. We'll
0: interview them on a live stream if they donate a whole bunch. Uh, so they're pretty. Like I said, they're high ticket items, but because it's it's kind of a you can't bring, have that many I'm going to bring
1: a studio audience member.
0: Nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. As long as they clap. Oh, well, yeah. All right.
1: I mean, you can't sit in and Dragon and Talk's studio audience and not
0: clap at every single They're thing we say. They're very
1: enthusiastic. That cool. would be so fun. That would be really fun. Okay. Let's make it happen. All right.
0: All right. Um, so if you're interested in raising money for Extra Life, uh, join the Dungeons & Dragons team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raise some money. It all goes up and helps the kids, and uh, we're going to be talking about it a lot over the next uh, couple of months. I'm
1: sure Greg Marks has already raised oh, like, he's already $5 million. He's already broken all the
0: rules. He's done it. All, not rules. Broken all the records.
1: Yes. There are <laughs> no the rules <laughs> when we're raising money for sick children. It's for the kids. Yep. All
0: right. So check it out. We'll be, ta- again, talking about it more and more. We'll probably have Bart on to talk more about it uh, yep. in, in the months to come. But uh, it is now. It is kicking off. There are t shirts that you can buy on custominc.com right now. Um, let me get the actual thing so I can say it online for reals. Um, but it is a thing. Uh, so, extralife.org slash team slash uh, DD. But if you're looking for the, uh, oh God, I just want to look at what the link is. Uh, It's customink.com slash fundraising slash Wizards of the Coast Extra Life. You can buy t-shirts designed by Emmy Tangy. They're amazing. I love them. One design is up there now. There's going to be more designs uh, added up there. Uh, But people are always asking about how to get more official D&D t-shirts. This is a great way to do it. And all the proceeds go to help the
1: kids. That's what's important. Sweet. Yes.
0: All right. Um, You know what else is important? What? This segment that we're going to listen to right now. All right. Bing bongs. (laughs) Welcome to another random character generator. I liked that. Yeah.
2: I like to sing There's it. some Foley in there. You
0: got to sing some yeah. sometimes.
2: Random character generator. Oh,
0: you're, wait, if we could only harmonize, we'd be <laughs> perfect here. Uh, I'm Greg Tito, and this is Kate Welch. I'm you singing with me. Yes. Hello. Making the things happen. Yeah. We're recording this very early in the morning, so that's why we need to drink as much caffeine as possible <laughs> to get all of the random characters generated. Uh, this is the segment where we press the create random character button on D&D Beyond, A third-level character pops up. Mm -hmm. It is not optimized, not for anything. Got lots of different uh, things going on, and we make a character out of that, uh, killing its backstory from the mechanics. So we will be doing that right now as we press our button and make random things happen. All right. Ooh, I already like the name. All in Nimble Fingers.
2: What? Seriously?
0: If that's not (gasps) a... It's a halfling. Oh,
2: definitely. A ghostwise halfling? Barbarian. ghostwise
0: barbarian halfling. Oh,
2: no. Look at that strength. Oh, my gosh. That is very, very unfortunate.
0: So we have a nine strength with a negative one modifier. Wow. Uh, Very dexterous. Um, You know, average constitution and intelligence. Wisdom is very high. (laughs) For a (laughs) barbarian, which seems strange.
2: Wow, yeah. Okay, so Ullin Nimblefingers, and he's well-named because (laughs) he does have that plus two dex. Um, and he's proficient in strength which is good because his natural strength is minus one so his his proficiency in his strength saving throws at least gets him to a plus
0: one that's true so, good for him buddy uh,
2: I guess you know those those strength saving throws when you're trying to escape a grapple maybe that's the only thing he can really do it's like <laughs> his one move <laughs> is getting out of a grapple you can get it
0: out of there Olin is Olin a uh, I, I, I totally blew out the, uh, yeah, you the did. microphone destroy
2: now. those levels is
0: Olin a uh, what, 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 what gender would you put Olin as
2: Olin Olin sounds to me, like a boy. Yeah, That's, that sounds like a male name to me. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Olin is trained in animal handling, which makes a lot of sense. I okay. guess. Okay.
2: Sure. Uh, yeah.
0: Athletics. Yeah. To, to make up for the lack of strength.
2: Yeah, you got it. He,
0: he's, he's working hard. He's very intimidating as a ghost-wise halfling barbarian.
2: Yep. He's uh, got he's got proficiency in that and, and survival. survival. Okay. All right. So this sounds like he sounds like he spends a lot of time out in the wilderness with with. Animals, um, the survival and the animal handling makes me think that this is a, a barbarian who is very in touch with his um, his animal soul, right? Whatever that is. So um, I think there's a, there's a barbarian uh, path that has to do with the aspect of the beast. So that doesn't come until sixth level, but maybe this is something that he's he is aiming for. Mm-hmm. Like he he has attuned very closely with. An animal in his, um, in his vicinity, this Ghostwise Halfling. I like that. And Ghostwise Halflings, if I'm not mistaken, are the, the, the kind of the stealthy ones.
0: Yeah, right? so Ghostwise Halflings trace their ancestry back to a war among Halfling tribes mm. that sent their ancest- ancestors into flight from Lurian. Okay. Uh, where is, is this?
2: They are, yeah, they're they're clannish and mistrustful. They're pretty uh-huh. rare. Their wisdom score increases by one. Oh, and they can speak telepathically to any creature within thirty feet of you. Wow, that's pretty cool. So this is a, a telepathic little barbarian and can speak with to any creature as long as they speak the same language. So perhaps this is um, what languages do we speak here?
0: All right, going back to Olin. Olin has common, telepathy as common, a language. Yep.
2: Uh, that's it. That's his ghost-wise thing, common halfling and telepathy. So he can't talk to animals as such. Mm. But I imagine that Olin does use his telepathy to try to talk to animals a lot. And they don't share a language. But maybe this is why he's spending so much time in the forest is because he's trying his darndest to learn how to speak animal languages. Oh, all right. right. I like that. He's not strong. But he's wise and um, ghost he's, wise, he's, he's, <laughs> and he's ghost wise as hell. So, yeah, I, I think I think maybe that's that's where he's he's trying to find his natural strength with the creatures of the wild.
0: And he's got this folk hero background. Yeah. Uh, so that means amongst his people, he must be well known, and uh, uh, you know, go, traveling around solving problems, yeah. that type of thing.
2: What if he's like the Caesar Milan, of Ooh. of halflings? Like his his whole deal is that. If you've if you've got like a misbehaving pet or <laughs> member of your livestock family, you call in Olin Nimblefingers.
0: Olin Ninglefingers. A-
2: Ninglefingers. Ningle. And, <laughs> and he will, and uh, that's and that has that has uh, risen him to folk hero status. Mm. Like the, he's he's a local legend because you know you've got a misbehaving got a misbehaving dog. This guy's going to come in and soothe that creature.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, but now looking more at these barbarian features that he's got. Uh, mm-hmm. Primal Path.
2: Oh, he's doing Primal Path. Okay. Yeah. So Primal Path, or path he has chosen zealot. Path of the Berserker. Which it looks is...
0: like it says Path of the Zealot.
2: Though. Oh, he's Path of the Zealot. Oh, yeah. Okay, shoot, okay. Path of the Zealot, I think might be a Xanathar's it, thing. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know enough about Xanathar. Oh, yeah. So Divine Fury and Warrior of the Gods are both um, Path of the Zealot things. So while you're raging... The first creature that you hit. Um,
0: each of you your close, turns. Close that. For I'm me. trying to. I don't know how. To, <laughs> oh, there you
2: go. <laughs> Just click there. Yeah, um, click there Click us. right over there. Um, so while you're raging, the first creature you hit on each of your turns with a weapon attack takes one d6 plus one necrotic or radiant damage. It looks you got like that divine chose... furry, furry.
0: furry. <laughs> 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 uh Is in figures a divine? Uh, a divine <laughs> this furry. This is
2: divine furry. This, this is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this, this goes with what we've already described, right? Like, yeah. But he has chosen necrotic damage, so he's a necrotic furry.
0: Right, he's a necrotic. He's very evil, yeah. purpley, uh, you know, damage dealing.
2: And a warrior of the gods. If a spell to restore your life is casting, the caster doesn't need material components for that spell. I don't, like, I like that, I guess, as a as a thing. Um, but at least in my games, we don't really worry too much about material
0: components. Yeah, if you've got a, a spell focus or, or, or yeah, arcane, arcane focus, focus most or, of the time that deals with that.
2: Yeah, and... and um, Unless it's like for resurrection, you need like a diamond that's worth at least five hundred gold pieces or whatever it is. Um, that is the kind of thing where yeah, you need that in order to cast your spell. But for most other things, the material components don't really figure into yeah, it. Yeah, so. it's
0: more thematic. It more yeah. feels like okay, you, you, these these are blessed by the gods, or, or yeah, or, uh, Olin Nimble Fingers is blessed by the gods yes. enough that he does not need uh, all that.
2: I wonder why. Why do you think he went with necrotic damage?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting because all of this, all of what we've been talking about, is very much about saving and, yeah. and bringing back a life. Yeah. Uh And and ghostwise itself feels at least in touch with the is it ghostwise just that they're silent and, and stealthy, or is it well, ghostwise in the, that they have a, a, a connection to the undead?
2: The neither the ghostwise, uh, I thought it was a stealthy thing, um, but it's actually I was thinking about lightfoot. I believe the ghostwise halflings are just these like strange rare halflings. They uh, are... They select a natural landmark as the center of their territory and they carry a piece of that landmark with them at all times. Ooh, cool. Um, and clan warriors known as night gliders bond with <sighs> giant owls oh and gosh. ride them. So maybe this is what... Our owl Nimblefingers nimble fingers is aiming for is that he he is attempting to bond with a giant owl somewhere. But they're ghostwise because they can communicate telepathically. I think I that's understand. the that's okay. the mechanical thing.
0: That makes sense. I love the uh, the idea of of uh, riding an owl, A giant owl,
2: right? Yes. Okay. W- so this is definitely what he's about. And maybe maybe there's some there, maybe there's some connection between his his affinity for necrotic damage and his love of these like night creatures. Necrosis. Let's see. Necrotic damage is like decay, right? Yeah. Um, and owls are—they're dumb. I know that, uh, but they're—they're not—they're not necessarily necrotic, and they don't have a lot to do with death. Right. So this is this is makes me think that Ullen has a little bit of a dark side. But the yeah. the folk the folks in his village that hail him as this hero who can soothsay say the animals and the, the creatures of the forest and the and the farms. They don't know this about him. He's got. He's he's maybe dabbled in something. He has. He's got. He's in touch with some dark deity, um, right. who uh, who he's he has started to gain favor from, which is this di- this divine necrotic furry that he has.
0: <laughs> what if he's got? You know, because alignment is not one of the things that ends up being um, determined you know by determined by, by the randomizer. So what if he? uh, even though g- the Ghostwise Halflings are very clannish and separate on their own, on their own, he became an outcast from that clan oh. because of his affinity to a dark deity. Yeah, um, so he's actually more of an outsider of his own. But because he's he's neutral or or whatever, he right. still does things uh, to help out the the crops or the the animals. Sure, and it's become this legend that yeah. like oh the 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 the, the Nimblefingers is going to come and and save your pig, right? You know he'll fly in his in his owl. Yeah. at in in the night.
2: Maybe that. Yeah, and he's. Um, maybe every every step he takes toward soothing an animal and being a helpful member of society, not only can it it sort of disguises his dark dealings, right? Mm-hmm. In in this guise of a folk hero, but every animal that he deals with, maybe he's learning more about. Uh, about the wild and the way that animals communicate with each other because he has decided that the only way he deserves, he can earn his spot as an owl rider, is to truly understand nature in its fullest. Yeah. And, and maybe that's a requirement, maybe it isn't, but it's what, it's what he has taken onto himself as his responsibility. So every animal that he gets to work with... He it, it sort of makes him feel like he deserves this role as the as the night rider.
0: Right. Right. But sometimes, oh, Knight Rider I like that. I think that. that's what it
2: said. Yeah, it's yeah. like the, the clan the clan night riders. N- night gliders. Knight gliders. But that's I what like night riders yeah, too. Knight rider's like it's Michael good. Knight and then
0: his <laughs> his uh, owl is named Kit. Yeah, of
2: course. He's yeah. got red
0: eyes. Uh-huh. It goes back and forth. <laughs> um <laughs> And but then, you know as part of his his when his visit when he visits these animals, uh, sometimes it's you know to communicate with them and figure out what the problem is and perhaps heal them or, or, or make mm-hmm. it feel better, but sometimes they might be too far gone, and that's where the necrosis comes in where he's like, oh, oh he can he you know if it's a lame horse or something like that, he will uh, come and visit it and kill that horse rather than have it suffer
2: that's amazing, so then if he kills it with the, his div- divine furry then <laughs> it's it is a it starts the decay process right away. So right. so it's like he is rather than it being with a dark deity, I like this. Um the the decay process, he starts that um to return them to the earth as fast as possible. Right. Right? Yeah. So it is it's all about like that that life cycle, that life and death cycle. And maybe that's one of the reasons people uh respect and, and um call upon his services so often is because even if their animal is too far gone, they know that um, Olin will return it to, you know, whence it came yeah. w- with expediency.
0: Right. I like all that. Yeah. Um, but he's not much, of, even though he's a barbarian, he's definitely not much of a fighter, right? <laughs> no, like, he much he's much more not. of a. Uh, he's not. Yeah, how would you, how would you uh, see him in battle?
2: Well, okay, so he has on armor defense so i assume he's not wearing armor um, uh, no. where's his equipment can you click on that
0: usually that doesn't start it doesn't oh, give you on the on the okay, random cool. stuff so. so
2: i i assume because uh, barbarians have an armor defense it's uh, 10 plus the dex mod plus the constitution mod mm-hmm. so he's got uh 10 plus 2 so it's 12, 12 armor class <laughs> still not great for a no, barbarian but at not least good. you know he's he's got that high dex those nimble fingers and that's that you know speedy little body so He's not wearing any armor, not even light armor. So, Nothing. he is this little ghostwise. I always think of ghostwise halflings as being very, very pale. Mm. Um, so almost like a, like a, a oh gosh, what's the term for when a, a creature is completely white without melanin?
0: Uh, albino. albino. Yeah.
2: So I think of him as being kind of albino, um, white eyes, and uh, the very a very ethereal looking creature. Who's also maybe like stripped to the waist? Maybe he he oh. wears he wears like um, cloth pants or something, but otherwise he's he, he's <laughs> he's not very strong. So he's not like a ripped up dude. Yeah, he might be frail. Yeah, he's he's got minus one strength, um, but it's something to do with his affinity for nature. And ooh, maybe his eyes—they're they're this pale white, but they look like. Um, if if you see a picture of an owl with light reflecting in it, almost yeah. like a replicant owl from Blade Runner, right. that's what his eyes look like. Ooh, cool, right? Is that he almost looks blind? He's not. He's not blind, but he's got that kind of like cataract look about him um, because. He, it makes him resemble it. Look it, like that's his. That's his affinity to owls. Yeah. Like he has those like big owl Ooh, eyes. What if
0: what if when he's uh, speaking telepathically to the animals, his eyes cloud over even more?
2: Ooh, yeah, and they get you
0: can almost see the clouds like swirling. And then Ooh, when he's communicating cool. with the uh, with animals,
2: he's trying to. But yeah. since they don't speak commoner halfling, <laughs> he's not usually very successful. So it's in
0: emotions that he. I communicates. think so.
2: I think I think that if he's if he's communicating with them telepathically in this way that's intended to be soothing. Um, it's really more about like the the kind of thing that you when you you're you walk up to a horse you're like shh, 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 yeah right. good, girl, good girl you know yeah ooh so such a good horsey yeah. it's that kind of thing that he's but he's doing it telepathically which is part of what makes people uh, respect and maybe fear his magic right mm. because anybody can walk up to a dog and be like good boy yeah but if somebody's just looking at a dog and then they're reacting like oh my gosh somebody's saying good boy to me um, that that would be essentially a magic trick, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's that's a big part of, of his appeal. I
0: love it. I love it. What does he uh, sound like? What, would, what All in when he is talking, what would uh, his words be?
2: I think he's got a, you know, he's, oh, let's see.
0: Because if he speaks telepathically, he might.
2: He doesn't speak well, you out not I mean? much. Right. Yeah. yeah. Might, he might be mute. Ooh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because he can speak telepathically with any creature. Yeah. And if he's dealing with halflings, um, he speaks halfling, and they speak halfling, so he can communicate telepathically with them. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe he's mute. Maybe his all of his communication is telepathic. Ooh, I, like I like that, that a too. lot. That's right. really cool. And he is. It's it's again. It's part of his folk hero ness is that he has this unnerving appearance. And frankly, it's unnerving when a voice appears in your head that you weren't expecting. Yeah. But because his his um, his manner is so unthreatening, and he's clearly got away with animals he just he puts people at their ease mm. right away um and the voice in the in their head is very it's like um it's like a radio voice like roman mars the right. 99% invisible right. it's like i'm roman mars it's that it's, it sounds it, like candy yeah it's it is butter smooth. so <laughs> you just like everybody a creature or or humanoid the, the minute you hear his voice in your head you're like everything's gonna be okay you know? He's got this. Yeah, he's, he's got, got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Have you heard Roman Mars on like a random like interview and he still has that radio voice? I and think, I'm like, how does he do it? I
2: think he just—that's what he that's just just talks voice. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's like butter just oozes out of his mouth yeah. whenever and he speaks.
2: I think I think he must always talk into a, a microphone, just like this. <laughs> and he's
0: always got cans on yeah. doing it. He's like, This sound real good right It now.
2: sounds so good, right? It's like <laughs> I gotta order a pizza <laughs> through this
0: microphone. <laughs> Call them on Skype. I don't speak outside of this. And that's what nimble Nimblefingers will do. he will be that's like, right. "It's okay, boy. Yep. You're all right. You're you've got a lame leg. I'm you're Olin dead now,
2: Nimblefingers. And I will put you out of your misery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you will be uh, uh, nutrients for new crops that will feed thousands of little halflings from years to come.
2: Yeah, I bet he uh, he is a life and death cycle unto himself. Right? So he is. But he's soothing. He makes people feel better about death. Maybe he could be like a Dr. Kevorkian.
0: So for people who
2: have like like your your grandmother is terminally ill, she's super, super old, and she wants to go peacefully while she still has the wherewithal to do so, he can come in and like do his divine fury on her and then – bring her to the earth like they they could have they have a service where they lay out you know this this ancient halfling uh, right on the grass yeah this beautiful like I, I'm imagining under a tree and there's flowers everywhere and they've cleared out this this grassy bed and she's lying there and she's peaceful and then he does his magic and her her body just sort of dissolves into the earth, oh. and it's just left with clothing there. Oh, I
0: love and this that. is like
2: a, a, a local funeral rite that he helps to conduct and and to to send their spirit to the earth.
0: I love that. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. I like all. The- and he goes to different clans that yeah. are like in the in the area where he is, and that's what he's known as right. being. Is that and you have to. Um, as the folk hero thing, you have to like, you know, welcome him and keep him in and keep him fed. Yep. But there's also this distance of like, right. well, you are the funeral man yes. who comes and- He's and,
2: a little creepy. A
0: little creepy. And I
2: think the, the Roman Mars voice goes great with that. Yes. Right? It's just like a very soothing mortician.
0: And I'm thinking almost like um uh, like a post-apocalyptic world or a story like that where where this type of rebirth and giving the nutrients back into- uh, the ground is a very important, important. vital part yeah. of their life cycle now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and maybe, I mean, it's magic, right? So maybe they have superstition that if they elect to be returned to the earth in this ritual, that they themselves um, will have, like, their willpower, their soul will power the the farm, the family farm. Like, yeah. They're, they're like, okay, once I return to the earth, I can go look and find the places that need my nutrients, and then I am able to. And and so it, it it's it's considered good luck. Mm-hmm. It's it's a um, the the crops are if they they're dry or whatever. Um, it's it's like a of self sacrifice, almost like donating your body to science, right? Yeah, uh, you're you're like I would like to donate myself, and every time this happens, there's flourish, right? Yeah. And so it's it's become a one-to-one correlation for these people. Oh,
0: it's actually a sad thing, but actually is a it's an important yes. part of the rebirth it's cycle. It's a
2: super, super important part. And yeah. so people look forward to death because they know it's going to help support oh. the people that are left behind. They have a completely different relationship with death in this community. That's
0: fascinating. Yeah. But there's so many adventure hooks there, too, where like right. if if, if yeah. one person in the village is like, no, I don't want that,
2: right. and then all of a yeah. sudden
0: you, know, you have these conflicts that are inherent in the culture. And
2: then you have Olin come in and kind of explain it, right? Yeah. Like Olin, Olin has this way of making people understand what's important about this life-death cycle. Right. Um, and he's, he's able to, to help people feel better about what needs to happen. Um, because, I, I mean, he's not out there murdering people, but he people who are going to die, he helps them, um, hospice style, yeah. right? He helps them understand, like, you are going to sustain the entire village for a season so there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, all we're going to be doing is partying in your honor and right. thanking you and for he, this.
0: And he does that with, you know, the, the people of the village, but he also does this with the animals. Exactly. Yes. Oh, God, it's so So cool. he,
2: he, like, helps, helps creatures sort of pass over into into this new form of existence, and and he makes them feel at peace with it, mm-hmm. regardless of whether they speak his language or not.
0: So it sounds like we went really deep into how he's threaded into the society that mm-hmm. he's in. What's his call to adventure? Is it is just finding the, the owl that he can ride to to, to make this better? Is he, or yeah. is he trying to find more about the land that he lives in and that type of thing? You
2: know, I think he might, there's so much that he could do. But one of the things that keeps occurring to me is that he might get called in to investigate suspicious deaths, right? If he if he has the ability to cast necrotic damage, he also might be able to examine necrosis and essentially be like a CSI type in, in like the it, so maybe his call to adventure is that. There has been a mysterious death, which almost never happens in this tiny halfling community, right? Yeah. There's no murder. There's no disappearances. It's very... It's the Shire. Right. Um, but they have found a, a, a person, a young person, who uh, was yesterday just fine. They've discovered them dead. And the the necrotic energy, they f- at first think, what, did Olin do this, mm. right? Because this is the same kind of decay we see him and his magic con- oh, perform.
0: Oh, God, what a great story.
2: But he didn't. And so... But he's the, he's the only one who can maybe look at it and try to find clues and, and follow where they take him in order to um, to figure out what kind of magic did this, who's responsible for this death.
0: Awesome. All right, so let's get our uh, our summary of what Olen Nimblefingers is all about. Okay. All right. You want to do it or should I? You do it. Okay. So he is a ghost-wise halfling barbarian, meaning that he is a... Uh, Neutral being in this community, a little bit outcast because of his strange appearance, his cloudy eyes, the ability to uh, telepathically communicate with any creature near him, um, and has a status amongst the villagers as the bringer of death, the funeral rites, Mm -hmm. uh, in which he just bestows upon them uh, a necrotic death based on his uh, affinity to a deity, did we say?
2: It could be, yeah, it could but be. I think more
0: of nature itself.
2: Yeah, I think because he he is he's so attuned to that life death cycle right. that the necrotic damage d- doesn't have anything to do with an evil deity. It's just his his um, his way of of bringing death in a peaceful way that that makes sense, right? Just and like natural decay
0: for all the uh, uh, creatures that he bestows this upon, their nutrients f- go back into the soil and yep. immediately re- enrich it. And yep. uh, his appearance is. Uh, uh, lauded by the 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 villagers when he does come, but at the same time they don't want them him hanging out all the time. So he's a nomadic kind of person around yeah. different clans and different areas. Exactly. Uh, and this is happening. Right. Um, he may at one time want to find a an owl that he can ride to make right. this a little bit better, which will increase his legend. Yep. Um, he's a bit intimidating. Uh, uh, not much of a, a battler.
2: <laughs> no, I think it's a strange choice that he went into the barbarian thing, except for the fact that he would want to be closer to beasts. You yeah. know, like that—that that is his path. He's not there yet as a sixth level thing. Right. Um, but that's his aim is like I know that my barbarian self, I know that there's a spirit inside me that's primal and, and – um, feels like a creature. And so yeah. I want to follow that, right? Even though I'm not a very strong person.
0: And he's very pale and mm-hmm. uh, frail in his uh, appearance, mm-hmm. wearing mostly homespun linens, maybe not even a shirt. Right. Uh, and his eyes are um, clouded over uh, in general. Yep. Uh, and, and mute. And mute, yep. does not speak. Right. Uh, and only speaks telepathically. And when it is telepathically, it sounds like Roman Mars in your head.
2: Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he he's, uh, he's Dr. Death, and he, he'll, he ushers people um, into, onto the other side, which is um, it, because of, of his ritual practice has become something that is a celebration. Right. And people, people look forward to being able to um, nourish and protect people after death. And and everyone's death serves a purpose.
0: And for him, yeah, right. The circle of life is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's many hooks that can come up. Say if someone unbalances this cycle, yeah. he will be the person who will want to investigate and find it, and perhaps recruit adventurers to help him out.
2: Exactly. Yeah. All right, dude. I love, I love him. I like Olin. I want to play him. I
0: want to play him too. Yeah. Right? Or even, so even as an good. NPC, right? Yeah, like, how mean, great would he be?
2: That's what we keep doing with these sheets, right? Is we're, we're providing them so people can use them as NPCs in their exactly. game. Exactly. But man, this one's a good PC. I really, really like him.
0: Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we will, uh, as always, make this link available in our show notes. Uh, you will be able to access this character sheet and maybe use some of the backstory that we've come up for Olin Namblefingers.
2: Yay! Thanks, Kate. I love this segment. This I is do so too. It's so much
0: fun. I love how every single time we're like ooh there's a lot of numbers and then it ends up being this a, really intricate storyline.
2: Totally. Yeah, and this is the random character generator on uh, D&D Beyond it's it's just perfect for this kind of thing. I don't know, like I I always thought it was just kind of a goof. Like who would want to use a random character generator? But being able to do these segments with you and see the story that emerges from these numbers is yeah.
0: awesome. It reminds me of like long form improv comedy.
2: Yeah. Right? Where they're like
0: here's a seed doesn't really who knows if it's going to be a good thing but the what's created from it is right. bigger than where we started exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so cool I'm hoping that we give uh, people more uh, license to do this kind of creativity
2: yes please do random character generator in your own uh, fan group your your family there your d d group because you, this is this is a blast It's so much fun
0: so if people want to use all in nimble fingers uh, and or ask you questions about them how can they do that on the internet
2: you can uh, ask me questions on Twitter at Kate welch which is 4 h's at the end. What about you, Greg?
0: I am at Greg Tito with just one. Which is just one. Just <laughs> oh 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 oh. oh. Uh, and yeah, awesome. Thanks Kate. Thanks
1: Greg. Bye. Bye. segment. My God. Mind blown. Oh, we are rocking out.
0: That was rocking out with Woo! Bruce Springsteen. Inspired. <laughs> Bruce loved it. He is in jungle land. Uh, that's Bruce Springsteen's song, right? Don't know that one. Hollow uh, notes? You want to do small notes? Yeah, and I All do. Right, and We'll get up in that. All right. uh, but before we do sing out some hollow notes, let's talk to Nina Heath. And Selena Hyman. Yes. Now. We have, from Dwarven Forge, Nina Heath and Selena Hyman. Hello. Yay. All the way from sunny Brooklyn, New York. It's
3: sunny today. Yes! <laughs> that,
0: that counts. That's Greg's
1: old stomping grounds. It's true. He wants to spend an hour talking to
0: you about Brooklyn. It's, uh, yeah, that's really all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Nina, we saw each other there in February.
3: Uh, Yeah, you came and visited. That was great.
0: It was so fun, and I felt like I was back at home, uh, not only because of, of, uh, you know, being around where I used to live, but your hospitality there was amazing.
1: Did you get to go to, like, their studio?
0: I don't think the one you guys are in now, right? You've moved, right?
3: Um, we were in the process of expanding into an additional space. So you saw the old one with all of our super top secret prototypes in it.
0: Oh, really? It was top secret at the time. That
1: would be so fun.
3: Some of it still is.
0: Ooh. I won't, I won't, I won't spoil anything. Um, but uh, uh, what, you know, for those who may not know exactly what you do for Dwarven Forge, why don't you, why don't you give a little bit description of, of, of all the things that Nina does, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Selena and tell, uh, find out all, all right. about her.
4: we Will
3: do. Um, so I'm Nina Heath. I'm one of the senior creatives at Dwarven Forge. Um, I'm on one of the lead sculptors. I'm the director of social media. Selena and I are actually the entire social media marketing community outreach team.
0: Nice. Uh,
3: so if you're talking to us online and you're getting a little salty, you can picture us <laughs> at our
4: desk. <laughs> <laughs> this is us. actually my desk. So I'll be right here sobbing. Yeah, to really set the scene.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> That's if you're beautiful.
3: forage on the internet, you're probably talking to either me or Selena. Um, so also for those of you who have backed one of our Kickstarters, you may normally know me as Valorian Seneschal or Neela the Paladin. Um, and I am absolutely thrilled to be here and talking to you guys. We're Sweet. thrilled to be talking to you.
0: And so uh, you, uh, Selena, what's, what's exactly you're, you're only doing social media where you do other stuff as well.
4: Uh, So at this company, we all wear many hats. Uh, (laughs) I was brought on to do the video work. My official title here is Video Wizard, because there's a lot of wizardry when it comes to video creation. There's a bajillion steps, and I do all of them, (laughs) from writing to producing to directing to filming to editing to posting and then we do social media and the marketing i see all the video content through and through uh and then i just do regular social media monitoring with nina and we do social outreach and other marketing stuff
3: brainstorming yes we're a tiny company, so when Selena came on, she was just enthusiastic to help with everything. Um, and I had been doing a lot, and she's totally stepped up and jumped in.
0: Sweet, that must be a relief for a small company like that. That's that's really important to have yep. those type of yeah. go-getters.
1: Yeah. So before this interview, Greg and I were talking about how you like. There's a lot of love for the two of you in the community. Because when we had announced that you were going to be on Dragon Talk and then you guys were talking about being on the show, there I have never seen so many people like, like yes, yes, I love them. They're amazing. Aww, we actually so- even had counterparts at our parent company, our coworker, worker our uh, peers from Hasbro email us to say how much they love you guys too. And they were really Aww, excited about <laughs> and I was like, you guys listen to Dragon
0: Talk. <laughs> no, we're like, what? wait, you know what we're doing? Huh? You
3: know, know my if that's name? a good—that's
0: uh, not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Shoot, it's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: had a really good time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a fun week, and your show was hilarious. I don't know why you're surprised that people listened.
0: Oh. I'm only surprised. I know, right? Well, because Shelly doesn't I actually listen. Don't listen she kind of like pretends uh, that this is a vacuum. If I
1: weren't on it, I could listen to it. But I, I can't. I can't hear me. I just. Oh, I'm sorry for everybody who has to listen. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm just not going to listen.
3: About watching our Kickstarter videos. It's it's
0: it's hard. You guys had a recent, recent Kickstarter out there. Uh, wh- let's talk about that. What's that all about? The, uh, uh, the, the lava uh, and, and things that uh, people might have seen at D&D Live.
3: Uh, um, yeah, so our latest Kickstarter, we journeyed into the nine hells. All
0: right.
3: Um, we created lava terrain, which is something we've been wanting to revisit since KS2. Um, which was just a lava paint scheme on cavern sculpts. Uh, but for this new hellscape set, we sculpted it from beginning to end to be lava flows. Um, and then when we got further along in the project, we're like, how would devils decorate their, their cribs? So Oh,
1: fascinating.
4: Hey, welcome to my hell.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, this, this uh, we did, MTV Cribs Hellscape.
1: <laughs> I love this.
3: Um the thing is like the, the person who's showing off the house doesn't actually get to leave because it is
0: hell. Oops. They're locked in. They're locked in.
1: Okay, so what like w- what research goes into something like that when you're when you're brainstorming ideas for like what would hell look like? How would devils decorate? Like what where, where are you getting like your inspiration from?
3: Well, we start with the materials that you guys provide, honestly, reading about how this is supposed to look. We thought about uh, devils being lawful evil and how that would affect the way they go about building things. And in addition to that, um, Eli Alexander, another one of the lead sculptors, and I, we did so much photo research into how lava looks and how it moves. There's
4: actually a video on our YouTube where the artists are talking about the inspiration and the whole process of making these pieces and this whole Kickstarter. So you should check that out. It's called The Making of Hellscape on our YouTube.
0: Yes. As Video Wizard, did you make that happen? Did you make
1: that? That was on me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Are you really the only person in the company that's doing videos? do, you do all I of have
4: team of freelancers so for big projects like Kickstarters uh, I bring in a cinematographer a couple pas and an assistant editor so I do the the major videos like the intro video that making a Pellscape video and then uh, for this recent Kickstarter my assistant Chris London he came in and helped me finish the intro video because I was away in Europe because uh, we had really great timing with, uh, the along <laughs> Kickstarter. So he, he, put the finishing touches on the intro video and then he did cut all of the walkthroughs. Um, meanwhile, our cinematographer, Aaron Blanton filmed all of it with a whole team of incredible PAs.
0: Nice. That's it. It takes a village to, uh, uh, create something like yep. that where you're like, all right, that's just a minute of video. It can't be that hard, but you're like, all right, no <laughs>
4: weeks of shooting. Oh my God. So <laughs> much shooting and then so much editing. I think we we probably made at least 15 videos for this Kickstarter. Uh, and for one person to do that alone is impossible. So, I I got I have some help that swoops in and then they swoop back out.
0: I love it. I love it. It's a lot like podcasting where, you know, I Shelly does it all. 15 hours. You have to do it. everything. It's I do. so I do. so hard.
1: I do. Most people think I just like show up at noon and sit down. But no. <laughs> no. The real brains behind the upper. <laughs> Not true, not true at all uh. um, so just i I love your the, the what you guys create I think I, I just love miniature things anyway, so I just it's just fascinating the amount of detail that is in this, and knowing like you're actually sitting there studying hours of wa- you know footage watching lava slowly drip away. <laughs> um, but like so what is the what is the timeline from like how long does it take to make? this stuff a reality?
3: Usually our production schedule is about a year. The Hellscape one was a lot faster. Um, We weren't actually even planning initially to do a Kickstarter in June. It just worked out as being the best time for the production to get the pieces to the backers in as timely a fashion as we could. Um, But we've been working on the lava pieces since... Was that November that you
4: shot that first? Yeah, the first round of filming happened in November. Uh, but I think you guys had started in October, September or October. All
3: right. So October and then we launched in June.
4: Wow.
0: So math. So math, right. Nine, nine months? That doesn't seem like Ten a very long time.
4: Yeah, it was a baby. We had a little evil baby. <laughs> little evil
0: <laughs> hellboy. It's amazing. Um, yeah. And I saw, you know, as we were saying, I saw it in February, some of the, some of the prototypes and the things oh, that were yeah, being yeah, worked on. Gulps. Yeah. And that was really great. Cause I'm like, Oh my, I didn't know you guys. I, I had no idea what you guys were working on. I'm like, this is the best synergy ever because we have this thing that's happening under NDA. <laughs> we told you.
4: <laughs> Fun coincidence.
0: <laughs> yes. I love when, when, when synergy happens like that. Uh, and it ended up being great, and obviously the the work that Nate and uh, Shad Ross put into making that hellscape in the front of uh, the oh, D&D that was Live so thing. Cool. I mean, I think people were just really excited for for you guys to, to talk about this uh, this Kickstarter right after that. We're
3: so thrilled to be a part of that.
0: It looked awesome.
3: It was. It was.
1: It was truly amazing.
0: What was it like for for you, Nina, seeing like your work on, on being uh, you know sculpting and making all this happen, and then all of a sudden seeing it on yeah, a stage like a that? A lot
1: of time, like <laughs> you, you make it and it goes off to your backers or to whoever is buying it, and you don't get to see it in use.
3: Well, that's actually the great thing about social media. Like literally on Twitter last night, I tweeted at somebody: "Is it indecent how excited I get to see what people build with what I help make?" No. Because I'm, like, giddy. I'm, like, sitting there with my phone, like, oh, my God, I love your build. I'm going to repost it. I, it's, the community is amazing. And I, I just, honestly, everyone, post your builds, tag us. I want to see every single one of them.
0: I want to see them, too. <laughs> it's got to be a good motivator, too, when you're like, oh, you know, oh, I feel down. It's not working. But let me just go scroll through these pictures of people's creativity. And then you're like. You know, get a shot, a shot of energy again, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the amount of detail, and I know that you like to hide little things. Yes. In the sculpts for people to find.
0: Uh-huh. You do? Well, really? I didn't know that.
3: Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Look
0: if, harder, Tito. I guess I'm not as observant as I thought I was.
3: When you get the sets, you got to turn the pieces in all different directions because um, me, Eli, Michelle, we've all hidden weird little things in little places. Like what? Is, right um yeah thoughtful touches that's what we call them uh, my favorite one from hellscape is i hid a little imp skeleton on the back of one of the pieces
1: oh that's gotta be so tiny
3: <laughs> oh yeah gotta be
1: like super super tiny oh
3: she's she's grabbing it all right <laughs> it was we were playtesting last night and uh this was one of the pieces so I can't tell if it's
0: in focus. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, it looks oh, like a yeah. fossil. Yeah. Yeah,
3: he's fossilized, um, and that's the front. Eli. Oh, yeah. So it's lava. Really great lava waterfall flow. It oh. really is. It's that's lava. Cool.
0: That's real lava. Real lava. Yeah, frozen in.
1: Oh my god, it's amazing.
0: They, give it to the video professional to show.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, I love
4: that. I, she's
3: showing it off way
4: better. <laughs> It's my job.
0: (laughs) I love the skeleton, though, because, it. I mean, you know, there is the theory that uh, people seeing the skeletons of dinosaurs in rocks is what created the mythology behind dragons. Yeah. Right? awesome. And you're basically doing that, but in imp form.
3: Oh, yeah. But, like, it's about two times the size of a regular uh, 28-millimeter scale human. So he's kind of a... Big M, <laughs>
1: even scarier. Big boy. Yep. So, how did how does one get into the line of work that you both are doing by accident? <laughs> <laughs> Purely by accident.
4: Yeah. Us too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I ended up here because I worked with Nate, our creative director. Um, we worked in advertising together. He is a director and editor as well as everything else he does here. Uh, that this was kind of his side hustle. Um, but when, uh, the company we worked for went under, he came here uh, as a partner and then he was like, well, you're coming with me. And that's how I ended up here.
0: Nice. Like, like Jerry Maguire style.
4: Probably. I don't understand
0: that. (laughs) Oh, you know, whatever. Look it up. It's a thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was just um, going to describe it. I'm like, that's that's there. that's not going to be worthwhile. Um,
4: watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I will Google it later. I'll make a note.
0: You Googleize it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's. I mean, that's. I love that we all uh, probably didn't go to school to make D and D products. <laughs> oh
3: no, but you, know, Nina, went you went
1: to, to art school, right? Science. Oh yeah. You
3: <laughs> after graduating um, with my political science degree. I mainly just use that as a coaster. I keep it on my desk and I put mugs on it. But anyway, yeah, I studied art after that. Um, And that's actually how I ended up here is I was studying at one of the schools that Stefan Picorni, our CEO, had also attended. Um, And he pulls students from the school occasionally to do work, at least during the early Kickstarters. And he had hired a friend of mine and she couldn't show up anymore. So she's like, you want to go to this random job for me? And I show up and it's flipping Dwarven Forge.
1: Oh my God. She called it um, just her random job.
3: (laughs) Well, she she wasn't into Dungeons and Dragons. So she didn't know what she had. (laughs) (laughs) And I told Stefan, I was like, I'll take all of these home and paint them for you. And if you don't like it, you don't have to pay me.
0: Wow! Because
3: badly I wanted to continue. Oh. That's so fun. Well, I take it he liked it. He did, and I'm still here.
0: Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I'm doing amazing work. Um, when? Uh, when? Let's talk about your first D and D experience. I want to find out what it was like. What? 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 You know, uh, uh, about fantasy drew you in. Uh, Celine, you want to go? First? Yeah,
4: I'll go first. Uh, so. Nate described me as D&D curious uh, before I met him. And it was like, I'd always want, I'd heard of it. I had some friends who went to college and then played it, but I never had the opportunity. And then I started working here. And so my I'm very lucky to have had my first D&D experience on Dwarven Forge terrain. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with it now. Uh, I I've, I've taught most of my friends how to play and I DM sometimes out of necessity as one does. Uh, and I, I love it. I'm in it. Here I am on the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what kind of characters do you typically play?
4: Uh, so when I my first character is a tiefling paladin, I was basically they just needed a tank to be existing party. But in some of my other games, my favorite one, her name is Zanna. She's a 12 year old gnome barbarian who was literally ways, raised by wolves. And she has almost no charisma because she's not used to society. And she has a great character voice. It's, hi, hey, my name's Santa! <laughs> she's a little, going through puberty. Oh, that's and adorable. Aren't Like, used to speaking. She She's a maniac. She's basically an ankle biter. Small, feral child. Yeah, she's a small, feral child. <laughs>
0: That sounds great. Yeah. Sounds very similar to the to the Forest Gnome paladin that I've been playing with uh uh with morals's group. Uh I, I, I just love gnomes and they play I
3: love We all love gnomes so that much. That
0: voice you can just you, you immediately feel like a gnome when you go that little like high pitched like Do you I have, don't have a what?
1: voice for your gnome?
0: I do I'm trying to now I gotta like uh yeah, let's uh, hear it. Oh f- How does it go Channel. Uh, I'm not trying to remember. It goes like um because uh, she she's a high uh, intelligence but a very low wisdom. So she's oh. very curious and wants to find out everything but d- makes very bad decisions. So she'll always be like, yeah, let's go ahead and fight. I think it's time. What are you guys doing? Okay. Oh. Yeah, she's very uh, uh, excitable and very high. That's not even really what it is. I have to get into it a little bit before I, okay. I get, okay. it. get it. think about it. Let's
4: do a little role play right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. What's your name?
0: I don't know, but why do you talk like that? <laughs>
4: Because I'm not good
0: at it. I have a dragon friend. He also can't talk very well.
4: Oh, we should be friends! (laughs) (laughs) I love that voice.
0: I also play with a lot of uh, uh, people who don't use voices, so I am the one who's the weirdo, uh, and that helps because... (laughs) i immediately started adopting your tone of voice which i do in conversation with people like when they have an accent do you ever do that where you're like oh you're talking in british well i'm going to as well oh yeah it's basically what you and (laughs) shelly and i do Uh,
4: so when i'm going through all the footage from filming we just have this habit of only speaking in a random accent that day and so i'll (laughs) pull a clip where we're speaking in like a german accent and then this is before i add the like voiceover so i have like german to french to russian and it gets it gets pretty crazy in the studio because you're doing like 12 hour days and everyone's tired and uh it gets it gets weird yeah and definitely
3: like going all out with the accents and the games
4: Mm
3: -hmm. it helps
0: yeah yeah it's it's the secret of podcasting i don't know if anybody knows that Voices. His voices.
1: Just voices. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important to a podcast. I'm glad we figured that out. It's true. Yeah, we should write a book.
0: Nina, so what, what? Nina, you've
4: been uh, playing D anD D for a long time, right? I know. I'm just uh, gonna say
0: that. so. <laughs>
4: point, you're good. She's, she's good. For a decade. Um,
3: my first experience, though, it's, with it is actually kind of funny. Um, in the town where I grew up, there was only one sort of gaming and comic book shop. I used to go there with an older cousin and they had this room where people would be playing magic, the gathering, um, and D and D. But the first time I saw it, I was like this little kid. I'm not really sure even how old I was, but just this like tiny little weirdo with gigantic glasses. And I saw these people playing a game and I like stood there watching them. And I was like, Oh my God, they're playing Lord of the Rings. (laughs) know what D&D was yeah I could see I'm that Like, oh my god, they're wizards like yeah. this is cool and so of course I walk up I'm like what are you guys doing and they're like whose kid is this oh <laughs> there's
1: a kid on the loose
3: <laughs> um but ever since then I like I sort of pursued it I'm like who do I know that that can DM because as a as a kid or a, even a preteen it was this like inaccessible thing Um, like I growing up in the 90s um, you couldn't play with people on the internet really so you had to find a local group find someone that had a set of rules someone that was willing to run a game get people to do it get them to all show up at the same time in the same place so it wasn't until I moved to New York and had the benefit of like meetup groups and so, so, so many game stores that I was able to play with any regularity.
4: That's why like uh, Roll20 is great. Like what, it, what an amazing thing to have now to just yeah. like- jump on Oh yeah, and kids are, these
3: days, they don't know.
4: Fucking, they have
3: no idea how much easier it is. Yep.
4: Player's handbook is like a free PDF online. So that makes it even easier.
0: Are you guys in New York right now? <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: it's Brooklyn. It's <laughs> ignore the siren. spire. I know. Is that bringing? It does. does it brought me back. Like it totally brought me back. Last podcast uh, as free women. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> gonna go. going on the run. Oh man, Thelma and Louise.
1: <laughs>
0: Thelma and Louise, yeah.
4: Drive yeah. that car right off the cliff.
0: Nina and Selena. It's a. Uh, it's.
4: Selena, <laughs> if you will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Selena. Selena.
3: Um, Senina is the name of the demon that would form if we melded together. <laughs> yes, um,
1: yeah, let's try that live on Dragon Talk. I, I want to see We're it a little melding together.
0: It's like a Stranger Things 3 reference here.
1: <laughs> yeah, just
3: finished watching that. No spoilers, no Me spoilers. But oh, I just
1: finished it too.
0: Me too. I okay. think we all, we all did. We I'm all, I'm not watched gonna it at the say anything. But everyone dies what at I the really end. Want to talk the ship about. goes down. It was a ghost uh, the whole time. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, was a, it was a guy in a mask. <laughs> anyway.
0: That's amazing, though, that, like, uh, uh, we do have those tools to be able to play online with Roll20 and things like that. But do you ever feel like, well, we're making these products for in-person <laughs> play uh, uh, and having it be, like, uh, on the table and that, that conflict—
3: it helps with online play too, especially mm. if people can get a camera on it. Everybody can see exactly where they are in relation to each other and what they're fighting. Yeah. So I think it's great. It's just a great tool for everybody to get on the same page with what's happening, and it speeds up all combat encounters.
0: Yeah, and it slows down setup time a little bit, I guess, or at least it's a, set up
3: in advance, and it's fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's true. I mean, I I played with a bunch of people who have used uh, Jordan Forge stuff, and uh, I really like the idea of setting it up in a place that people can't see. Uh, So that people will do like, uh, 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 like, not to drop names, but Mr. Joe Manganello when he was dungeon mastering, he had like set up in his like closet, and then when we got to a new room or a new encounter, he could just go to his closet and take out the already set up room and drop it on the table. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the greatest thing in the world. I want to be able to do that. Yes, one day.
4: We have these things called terrain trays. Yes. Uh, And they're really great for flying rooms in and out, for uh, rapid-fire reveals on your table, because all of our new pieces have anchor magnets, and so they stick to the metal tray and you can put it upside down and everything sticks.
1: Oh, that's really cool.
3: Yeah, we had to come up with a solution for how to get things in quickly because you don't want the pieces just flying everywhere.
1: So are you coming up with these types of things in response to, like, the the increase in streaming and, like, live games and things like that? Has that impacted how you guys are, are doing any work? Or was this a response to something else or just – it's just cool? Uh,
3: it's something that has been a thought pretty much continuously is, like, how can we make this easier for people to use? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's definitely a lot more people using it now than there used to be. And I think that's definitely a result of the stream. So we're getting all this really great feedback from all these different people.
4: And during the Kickstarter, uh, in the comments, we have a lot of people commenting like, well, did you think of doing this? And sometimes we're like, oh, that's a good idea. Add it (laughs) to the list. And then uh, we'll at least have like a sculpt for them by the end of the uh, campaign. So like uh, the, in, the input from Kickstarter backers is like crucial. That's why we choose to do Kickstarter over pre-sale or some other method because it's not a finished product and we, it, this is for everyone. It's not just for us. It's not just our vision. It's everyone's vision. So we want to uh, bring what everyone has to every piece.
0: You've done a really good job of, of, of curating that community. To a certain extent, where people feel—I mean, even you know—Nina was saying about like just being able to see everybody's sculpts and builds and 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 how they did it. Um, I—that's I, I, one of the really exciting parts about seeing all of it for for myself, you know, uh, on on social media—is that like everybody's supportive and really excited about what everyone else is doing in the community, and I think it's it's kind of indicative of like the, the D, DIY spirit that's been behind D and D, you know, since the '70s, and you guys are just doing it more, but in this you know tactile sculpt you know type thing i love it yeah
3: definitely um i don't i consider it d and diy until it gets sent to the factory so
0: d and diy
4: what a great podcast idea maybe That's, we should that is, that
0: is a great Write that down i'm already i'm trademarking it already <laughs> Greg's squatting on the name <laughs> Cyber squatting, <laughs> D and DIY. That and Air D and D. I need a. Oh
3: wow! <laughs> oh yeah! What would that be?
0: That's a, well, I mean, it's a little bit like a travel show uh, that would go to fantastic destinations. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Okay. Hey, I think hey, someone you know. might be. Playing. Air
1: D and D, where you can go and rent out people's game rooms and all of their accoutrements. Like yeah. I like to play D and D, but I, I, I don't have all this cool equipment. Or like awesome terrain stuff. And I nor do I have a place to play. And then you can just be like, oh, you can come hang out in my game room. 20 bucks an hour.
3: There are some Cha-ching! amazing things out there. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of uh Joe Mandanalo's I think he calls it the Gary Gygax Memorial Dungeon. Yeah. Um, And it's amazing. There are call? some like
4: DMs for hire. I've definitely oh, seen yeah. Them. Uh, it's like, come to my house, I have Dwarven Forge and minis and everything, and you just pay like an hourly thing, and they come up with a great story for you. I think that's a really interesting business thing.
1: Yep. There was actually just that article about DMs for hiring like Forbes or Bloomberg. Something. Bloomberg. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a pretty lucrative side hustle.
0: And I think you guys are an important part of that because it does create, you yes. know, like you got to have a library of terrain to be able to do different things, and, and uh, I think over the time of you doing all the Kickstarter, as you've been doing, you've created this great just you know variety of pieces that people can use.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our yeah. catalogs are really big. I don't know how we're going to fit it all on the table at Gen Con.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a lot to show off at Gen Con. It's uh, a stress.
1: Are you two going Gen to be Con. at Gen Con?
4: We, we will. will. Be there. Awesome.
1: <laughs> Good. You no know,
4: one. Yeah, we're uh, part of the convention committee. You can't escape us.
0: I think that's good. <laughs> uh, how many of, of them have you been to?
4: Uh, this will be my third Gen Con. This is my second Gen Con, and then we both went to PAX East this previous winter spring.
3: I've kind of stopped going to conventions that I'm not working at.
4: It's overwhelming. I yeah. don't like it anymore.
3: <laughs> yeah. I used to go to New York Comic Con every year, but I just—it's overwhelming.
0: There is a thing, yeah, a uh, uh, little weird story, but we got um, uh, uh, some recognition here at Wizards of the Coast uh, uh, amongst what we were doing here for D&D, and part of the, the reward was, oh, yeah, you get to go to a, any game convention of, of your choice. And I'm like, I why? I, <laughs> I will most likely be working there, and if I'm not, I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is kind of Can true. we do
0: something here, local, with family? Just give involved? me a hotel room. Yeah, right. Or well, just take the hotel room. <laughs> I don't want to like
4: go in a sauna. Thank you. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. Can I just live in the sauna, please? Yeah. Just a oh, day. I off. Imagine
4: how
3: wet the character it would be. Bad. Would get.
4: That it would, would be, be terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we have to design a uh, uh, you know plastic oh, laminated.
4: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> more ideas that we're coming up with here on this. Uh, see, that's when you talk to creative people. You just get nonstop more ideas coming out. Well, here.
3: I've already copyrighted that one. <laughs> Already? Like While we're here, I'm actively copying.
0: There's a lot of squatting
1: going on around here <laughs> with these copywriting and trademarking.
0: Nice. Uh, so, But Gen Con's going to be exciting for all of the stuff that you'll be able to, to do and interact with your with your fans, right? Like, that's a big part yeah. of what that is.
4: Yeah, and um, at this Gen Con, we are premiering a new thing that we have an exclusive sneak preview for the Dragon Talk viewers. Ooh. What? Nina, do yes, you want to show do.
1: that off? Um, yes,
4: so Again,
1: this is
4: why you should watch the stream. So we're
3: we partnered with Pisto uh, for the new Pathfinder to Plague stone set. Uh-huh. Um, we made a terrain that can be used for any rules edition, um, but I sculpted some mutant plants that I'm kind of proud of. Selena's going to show them off because I'm bad with the camera,
0: but. What? Oh Oh my God. Uh, So it's like a uh, big flower coming out of uh, a tile. And the petals.
1: Oh my God. They almost
0: look like, uh, I mean, not to reference Stranger Things again, but it looks like a demogorgon kind of opening up with like a spider's web of vines around it. So
3: the inspiration.
1: Amazing.
3: A lot of the same things, like a corpse flower, but also with a lot of animal quality.
0: Yeah, There
3: is, like, the thing that you
1: sculpted this, there is amazing amount of detail in that.
3: So that one shoots spores. Does that one have something kind of
1: secret inside? Is there a secret? Um, you don't have to tell us what it is, but just, is it there?
3: This one, no, actually. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's very That's detailed. Good. They, they all don't. They all shouldn't have it, you know.
3: The, the pieces that we tend to hide things are on are the big uh, ones with lots of uh, faces for um, room for sculpting. The, mm. the miniatures, the monsters, things like that. There's a couple hidden on some of them, like our Elder Earth Elemental Eli hid a bird's nest on his neck. So anyone that has that piece, look for
4: it. And the um, the Apex Primordial from uh, our Caverns Deep Kickstarter has a lot of thoughtful touches in there. We actually can't, like, when he told us how many, we were like, but we didn't find that many. And it became a game of eye yeah. spy. Oh, yeah.
3: And here's oh. um
4: another sculpt. Ooh. So this is our Vine
3: Lasher.
0: Ooh. Shelly, you get to describe this one.
1: No. It's really creepy. Like a, like a sc- <laughs> almost like a scorpion It's but it's got three tails in the back, and I'm really not good at describing these things.
0: <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get hone this dungeon uh, mastering uh, uh, skills uh, I here. I can't
3: do it. What is so this? All- what is this called? This is the vine lasher. It grabs you. Oh, he's got in. a mouth too. Shoves you into its mouth.
1: Yep, there's this little red mouth on its back, and it's got one, two, three, four, five, six arms, tentacles.
3: Oh, it's a massive tentacle. It's just all viney, thorny tentacles. Yeah. Very, to grab you, it's a pretty
1: yeah. color, don't want to encounter that thing.
0: I could see that oh, being none like
1: none friendly
0: part of the Feywild, uh, you know, thing that could happen there or or uh, the undead Feywild, flowers.
3: Good idea, yeah. Copyright it,
0: <laughs> no one's ever said <laughs> Feywild before.
3: Oh, I just mean the idea of doing pieces. Yeah, oh, that yes. would be amazing.
4: That's genius. Idea.
3: Uh,
0: you guys are really slow playing this. <laughs> Secrets upon secrets. those uh, are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I think your uh your your hair, Selena, also would fit very well in the in the Feywild.
4: Yeah, it's also poisonous. <laughs> and radioactive. So my for the for the listeners at home, I have uh lime bright electric green roots with uh fluorescent yellow everywhere else. <laughs> and I shadow them matches.
0: Look look for the hair at Gen Con.
4: Yes, yes you'll stand out.
1: Will it be that color by Gen Con, though? It changes.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a week from now. I don't have time. Too much packing to do.
0: <laughs> what is it like preparing to to pack out a booth like this? Oh, yeah. Because a lot of it has to do with displaying these pieces, right?
4: You know what? That's a lot to think about. Maybe we should...
0: <laughs> I, I saw the stress levels rise oh, in your eyes. Don't there, talk about it.
4: Uh, conventions are great. We love it. It's going to be so much fun. Right. So are
1: you guys going to be on any panels or anything also while you're there?
4: Um,
3: no panels. Well, I'm in two streams. Um, oh, nice. One stream, I, it's actually set in Eberron, which is interesting because I'm completely unfamiliar with that setting. I have, I have never been in a game set there. Mm. Um, and I'm going to be playing uh, a geriatric rogue who's coming out of retirement. Um, because she gambled away her uh, grandchildren's college fund oh, on, on no. games in the nursing home.
4: So, in the nursing home. And that's going to be in Rudy Wootenberg's stream. He's the DM. Nice. Uh, Nate will also be in that game. That's Thursday at 10 a.m. Yes. Thursday at 10 a.m., and you, it'll be on the Gen Con live stream.
0: Sweet.
3: And then we'll have our big stream, which Nate is DMing, and we have some great guests for that. That one is Saturday at 10 to 12. We still have a couple tickets available for it. Um, and the guests right now are Stefan Picorni, Satine Phoenix, Erica Ishii, Amy Dallin. Is that everybody?
0: I love all those people. Yeah. <laughs> Mine. and what's the timing for that one
4: that's um, Saturday, Saturday
3: at 10.
0: awesome check yeah, out the GenCon channel show. for that
4: Nina's going to be on the Gen Con live stream talking about artistry on Sunday also at 10
3: um, that's Sunday at 12 and that'll be me Toby Lieberson and Eli Alexander and I'm just checking on the names for the stream real quick and Selena's going to talk about something really fun
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> She's got the throwing it to someone else uh, style down.
4: <laughs> there we go. It's a it's, it's how, that's how things are here. We have a, because there's only maybe 12 to 15 of us that work here. So there's a lot of bouncing back and forth and everyone pretty much has a say in what everyone else does. Uh, and that's why, um, ha, like collaboration is so important here. Uh, because nothing is ever just one person's thing. Mm. Uh, then everyone gets to suggest a lot uh, to make everything greater. And and that's like D&D? Fun. All
3: right, so the lineup for the stream, Stephon Picorni, Ember Moon. Ember Moon. Team.
0: Oh, Ember. Ember.
3: Amy Dowling. That's it. Oh, we... that's
1: going to be amazing. I
3: feel yes, She like... was on your show last week. Yeah. yeah. She was. Yeah.
0: It's yeah.
3: A great um, episode.
0: Oh, she's that, amazing.
4: So, so we were talking about collaboration. yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was actually going to something else that I think is really important, and that uh, our office has such a great mix of people, not only in the trades we perform, but also in like the genetic makeup. Uh, <laughs> we, and not even we just are that, scientific. Yeah. The
0: DNA of Dwarven Forge.
4: I so we have a, everyone from a little bit from almost every walk of life. We have a lot of women. We have. Uh, people of color. We have people of different sexual orientations. Uh, Being like a straight cis male is rare, I guess. There's maybe like four in this entire company. And we really pride ourselves on that because having all this diversity also helps make our product great. And because we always have everyone's perspective in mind.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a big part of the D&D community, uh, too, now, is that it's growing and, and, and including so many groups that you might not have thought of, you know, 30 years ago as being like, that's the typical D&D person. Like, well, that, th- there's no typical D&D person in my mind anymore. It's, it's, it's everybody from every walk of life, as you're saying.
3: And that's because it's become so much more accessible.
0: And yeah. mm-hmm. it's well, also, that- oh, sorry, go on. Oh, sorry.
3: Um, I was just going to say that people that love D&D could see why other people would love it. And the reason so many people are able to now is because, like, for, like she mentioned earlier, the player's handbook is free online and you can play with people everywhere in the world. It's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a big part of what we're doing with, with, with streaming and, and, and making sure that folks can see uh, uh, people like themselves playing D&D, also pretending to be yeah. people like themselves, you know, and that's, that's really important.
4: And it even gives you a chance to play people who aren't yourselves. And uh, you can experience a different walks of life there to like a small extent. It's like how someone might react to your character. It's like, oh, I never thought this would. Ha- oh, is that how people in real life. Respect- oh, and it leads to like it lets you freely explore the world. Uh, and I think that it can positively uh, influence like IRL
0: yeah for sure, and like when we had, and it can allow you to 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 learn about yourself as well, like when we had um uh, 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 the author Kupplinger here, uh, she was like I, I she discovered you know uh, uh, many things about uh who she was and her sexuality yeah, by being able to uh, uh, explore that in a safe space of, of role playing games mm-hmm.
1: yeah wow. it's also I think really important for people for who either want to work in the industry or just want to be playing in this community to know who the people are behind the products that they know and they love and that's why I think it's it's so cool to to be able to talk to you guys on Dragon talk or to you know, like to when you're out and about at Gen con that like they actually get to meet like oh like you're one of the principal sculptors uh, behind all of these amazing products you're leading social media and all this awesome video content like for girls that are growing up now they get to see like this industry isn't just men like oh, there are so- actually like there are women who are doing really important roles and that's it's so important to to get that out into the forefront and let people know who these women are that are actually making these products mm-hmm. I like guess I mean you've said you've been playing for 10 years Nina right around over a,
3: a decade over it's a sh- decade hard to really remember when I started
1: but has you, it, have you noticed a shift at all? Like hope hopefully, like, have you seen oh, like I, a change in like in the community makeup or how people have treated you as a gamer or in the was, industry?
3: Sorry. When I was a kid, I, I kind of had this idea in my head that these things that I was super, super into were not for me um, because I didn't see people like me playing. I didn't see people like me represented in the artwork. And that's absolutely shifted like... I was talking to Selena recently about how I felt when I saw the, um, the illustration for he- the race human in the fifth edition players handbook. Like I, I cried. Oh, it like really was an amazing moment for me. Yeah. And then even more recently, the, the, is it mage that's on the cover of the Ravnica source book? Yeah. Like it's just, thank you. Um, I didn't feel welcome always when I was younger. And honestly, I probably wasn't. And occasionally I'm still not, but you know, I think that's shifting. And I yeah. think people are starting to realize that people of all, from all different walks of life can love this amazing thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And okay. that was a, like I was saying it was a big, uh, uh Discussion when uh, the fifth edition books were being kind of art directed and, and thought of, and it's something that we hold up as a tenant, you know, to this day, is to 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 make sure more uh, g- groups and people can see what it's like to pretend to be these amazing heroes and heroines and uh, uh, destroy good. <laughs> and or evil uh, the way you want to uh, you know there's there's no there's no quali- qualifier on that right like if you want if you like to pretend and tell stories that's all that matters
3: it's for everybody storytelling is human
0: yeah yeah yep. I've used that in interviews before where it's like you know in some ways it's what makes us human right Absolutely. where like if you're sitting around uh, a campfire when you're uh, you know 10,000 years ago telling stories you're basically playing D&D <laughs> D is
1: not forty five years old. It's, it's hundred and forty five thousand centuries million. old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is true. Celine, have you noticed? Like, what's what's been your take or experience working as as a, a woman in this industry?
4: Uh, ignore the ice cream truck outside our window. I'm hungry. <laughs> I
0: can't. It's very. Why enticing. aren't we running out there, Mister right Softy?
3: We never make it in time. It goes <laughs> oh, too so fast. <laughs> I'm serious. Anyway. You, try. you try.
4: That's yeah. so sad. <laughs> anyway, uh, being a woman in the industry, uh, it's. while I I love being in the gaming industry. It's so weird and creative, and I'm so glad I work at a company that like doesn't put me in a cubicle, and we don't have like like the layers of bureaucracy and showing up to conventions and meeting other people like this. Everyone is more genuine in the gaming community. Uh, and I really like Wormwood is a company we're good friends with. I love everyone over there. And we're we're meeting more and more brands and uh, it's just fun. I love, I really like this community, but at the same time, like there is also the occasional person who even in a business setting, just because like I'm a woman who's also into what they're into might make some like inappropriate sexual advances. And it's just like, t- no. <laughs> This is still work, like, and just because I'm a woman in gaming, like, it's because it, it was, it's, it was a little bit, it's, hmm, the right way to phrase this would be that it is perceived as uncommon for women to be into nerdy things. Uh, and so it's like, once uh, I'm gonna use men as an example, uh, when men find that I'm a a nerdy woman. It's like something goes off and it's immediately fetishized and that's frustrating. And so that's a conversation I sometimes have to have. And it's like, this is still professional. And just because we like the same things doesn't mean that I want to pursue this. Um, It's it, I still get uncomfortable is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, It's like a shame, but I've gotten used to it. And at like, changing the conversation as soon as anyone might imply that like they want to sleep with me. It's like, Oh, well maybe we should all go together in a group, a group (laughs) setting. Oh, I love group activities. And then I leave before it's over. So I don't have to deal with that again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was really long. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's important.
0: It's, it's hard. I mean, it's hard for me to insert myself into that conversation. So it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a listener. I'm listening.
4: That's important. Yes.
0: That's what hard. do you think, Shelley? Well, it's hard,
1: it's hard for me to, to t- comment on that on a podcast that is at the company that I work
2: for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to talk about that. But, yeah. No, I mean, I've worked at Wizards for two decades now. Two.
0: Two. Two of them. Congratulations.
1: Thanks. Thank you. And
0: I've, I've seen a
1: lot. But I also re- I remember my first Gen Con and it was, I had only worked at Wizards for two months. And they were like, goodbye, you're going to Gen Con. And it's like back in the day when they used to send like the entire company. Like so many of us went to Gen Con. But it was, it was a really weird sort of unsettling experience to be there. Because they're, the, the, the only women that were there were like pretty much people who, other women who worked at Wizards. And this is back when like, we would go and we would demo the games ourselves. We had a, you know, a big booth. And I barely knew how to play magic. And they were like, teach people how to play magic. And I'm really sorry because 20 years ago, there was a lot of people in Milwaukee that did not learn how to play magic correctly. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was me teaching. I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. But I think you're like tapping that and like attacking and stuff. Okay. Um, but what it was like all dude. Like it
3: was like. Go to Milwaukee and clean up on the magic
4: circuit.
1: <laughs> yes that there was like but it was like all like men basically and selena like a lot of what you were saying is like we were not booth babes we were like just like women in like sloppy polo shirts with with the wizards logo on them like we're obviously not like standing like tr- drawing attention to ourselves we were just employees of the company and yet there were so many comments about like you know, like oh like they the way like they would talk to us or make comments about us or, like, call us both babes. And it's like, ew, ew, I'm trying to teach you how to play this trading card game. And, like, yeah. granted, I'm doing a really bad job at that, but you don't get to, to comment about – you don't, You just can't make these these innuendos and these other, like, just really inappropriate, uncomfortable comments. Yeah, And yeah.
4: it's almost unfortunate because I feel like I can't even joke around or show, like, Uh, Even like a friendly side, because as soon as like I'm nice to some of these people, definitely not all of them. This is my personal experience. I don't speak on behalf of everyone. No, my personal experience with some people in the industry. As soon as like I'm nice to them, it's like oh she's flirting with me, and it's like no, I'm just sometimes I'll just be professional. I'll be asking them about their work or something, and it's like well do you want to get a drink? And it was like no, I just wanted to talk (laughs) about magic for like five. Minutes. (laughs) Minutes. It.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, what I mean, just to bring around back again to what's happening now is is really interesting to me. Is my daughter's been going to uh, a camp with uh, with you know uh, Shelly's kids and kid, kid, sorry, kid. You, boy, you don't have to? <laughs> I thought you had four. Don't um, ever say that. But one of the fascinating things is I I I've, I've been working on D anD D. They know I play D anD D with my kids, and I haven't taught the magic yet. And some of the 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 boys at the camp were playing magic and. Uh, my daughter's like, oh, I want to play with you. And they're like, okay, yeah, let will teach you. And then she came home last week and taught me a new way to play magic that the kids at school had taught her. And it was, I was like, oh, that's really, I mean, I've been th- doing this for decades too and, and been around magic for so long. And here, this is uh, uh, my my daughter teaching me something new that she learned from someone from her peers. And I like that that because it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot. I mean, obviously, nothing. It's never going to go away. The things that you guys are talking about, but I'm hoping that by um, uh, uh, the, the the changes that is, are going through society now, that more and more stories will feel like you, gamers are gamers, not and, and not in a uh, you know let, let's get together type of way.
3: It's <laughs> a it's a small well, um Like I know my first convention, there were like not like Shelley said, there were like no women there. Um, and there were a lot of actual booth babes, which is something else. Oh yeah, else actually, oh yeah. But at conventions these days, like some of them I have gone to, I feel like it's a near even split. Yeah. And yeah. I think this visibility and interacting face to face and seeing that people are just people is really going to shift this perspective.
1: So there were I to. Circle back on the Gen Con thing. I, I, that was like Gen Con I, 1999. Like that was a long time ago. So I've been to many, many Gen Cons in between.
0: Many of our listeners weren't even alive. No, they right? weren't. Seriously.
1: <laughs> many of our coworkers were <laughs> <even> <laughs> like, I was just talking to someone earlier. Like We had a company meeting yesterday. I looked around the room and I'm like, these are children. They're <laughs> like, they're babies. Um, but that's because, again, I'm a lich. I am, but... Um, they, at, so all, these other Gen Con's are like maybe 10 years later. There were more women and families coming. And I clearly remember they had activities for the ladies that were like spa day. Like basically while your man is throwing down some dice in this in the convention center, you can come sit out here and you can get a pedicure or like a neck massage or something. And like, but what if? What if they want to play? But it, wasn't, it was more like, oh, my—this this is the response. There, there appear to be women coming to, like, conventions now. So, like, let's find activities for them to do. And, and sure, that in a lot of cases, they were actually—like, th- those events were always full, by the way. Like, there were people that were like, heck, yeah, I'm going to get a neck massage. It's actually a very good idea. But <laughs> it, it was just—it was like, well, that's the response to all these women coming. And then, like, a few years later— there were lots of children lots of women lots of men lots of families and it just was like this is it just it showed that like their women were feeling more comfortable about coming to a convention and actually sitting down at a table and actually playing a game alongside whomever is there and it just felt more welcoming and more like the demographic is shifting and this is a good thing overall and by the time i went to my last gen con i mean it wasn't there was no issue. I was still wearing the schluppy polo shirt, but I no longer had to demo the games. But still, like you know, it just it felt like like more at home. So it's I mean, and that's been Gen Con for many, many, many years, and that's been conventions. I think some of these bigger shows for many, many years. But it does show like there, there, there definitely was. There's a progression. There's a progression, and I think that 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 is true for this whole industry. I hope. I hope we keep going in I the right so. direction.
3: Also, this is idea. <laughs> D&D game while you're getting a neck massage. Yes.
1: <laughs> or a pedicure.
3: Or a pe- Why not?
0: D&D <laughs> a, a cure. A might, might be oh, difficult
1: uh, with D&D the... Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: We have to come up with a catchy name. I don't, we, don't, we don't got it yet.
1: Remember when they used to have the, the pedicures with the little fishies that would eat like they supposedly oh, yeah. yeah, like anyway. maybe we we could put like Kraken in the water or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let me keep thinking about. Yeah, this. let's ball on that. I don't know why people don't want to get my D and D
0: It's like mind flare tadpoles in there. Just <laughs> oh, I hate
4: it. I hate it. Oh so my much. god. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, thank you uh for for calling in. Uh we're really excited about uh er- everything that you guys are creating. Uh kickstarting, you know. Uh I I I can tell that you guys are now excited to go to to any convention.
1: I know. I feel like that. was like ended on like they're great. It's a great show. Like everything right. everything's fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Only going to improve. Yeah, and we're looking forward to Gen Con. We hope people stop by booth 1301 and say hello.
1: Yes.
0: And roll some dice, slay some monsters.
3: Yeah, we're running games,
0: so. Awesome.
4: Yeah, we're running them uh, like two to three times a day, depending on what we have going on. And there are tickets. I think there's one slot left. And there's the inevitable no-show. So if you, like, hang out around the booth at the times in the events, you can probably get in on one.
0: Very cool. And uh, where can people find out about you guys personally? Where, where, where are you located on the social media
3: So I'm on Instagram at Nina, but it's N-I-H-N-A-H. And on Twitter at Nina Art, that's N-I-H-N-A-H-A-R-T.
4: And on all social media platforms, I am at literally Selena. That is the word literally with Selena. Some people get confused.
0: I'm like, yeah, you got Selena as as
4: a... Everyone says that. Yeah, at literally Selena.
0: Sweet. Uh, And of course, Dwarven Forge has has got lots going on.
4: Yes, Dwarven Forge on everything except Instagram, where it's Dwarven Forge official.
3: But if the person that owns the Dwarven Forge account wants to give it to us, we're into that. How much? (laughs) (laughs) It's you, Tito.
0: Do they get terrain for life?
3: (laughs) We can talk about it. Call call us.
0: Well, uh the both of you are amazing and creative, and I think you're doing a lot for yes. uh um, you know changing the industry and making it what we want it to be going forward. so uh, we applaud you guys for that
1: yes,, Thank you. as yeah, does the community, clearly yeah,
0: they right love you based on the response, right yeah
4: so keep uh, doing D- what Ford you're Ford doing French fans are great
0: the awesome best, best fans, yeah, best fans. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Good luck uh, in Indianapolis, and uh, we'll connect more uh, in the future when you got more stuff going on because I, I feel like there's so much more to talk about.
4: There really is, Endless. but we'll talk later. <laughs> Leave it on a cliffhanger. Okay. I know,
0: right? Dot, dot, dot. One more. What's going to happen next? Meanwhile,
4: I'm going to go back
1: and look at every piece of Dwarven forged terrain we have around this building and find secret things.
0: Secret things. Yes. The little touches. No, What was it called?
3: Thoughtful touches. Thoughtful, thoughtful touches. touches.
0: Thoughtful touches. Uh, we gotta start doing that on this podcast. We'll create <laughs> audio, more thoughtful. audio thoughtful. T- yeah, being like more thoughtful.
4: <laughs> you like to spell one word wrong in each sentence, and they'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. it's, it it's not a they typo. Will
0: they will like, find it.
4: Yes, not a typo. It's a
0: puzzle. <laughs> it's a puzzle to be solved. It's a
4: thoughtful That's a touch. On my Twitter, yeah. It's, totally
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's literally Selena. All right, thank you guys. You guys are the best.
4: <laughs> we'll get some ice cream now. Bye. Ice cream.
0: What amazing people. Okay, they really are. I am inspired by all the work they do, and uh, I want them to be on the highest pedestal.
1: We need to elevate. Lift lift you up up.
0: into the Manhattan, not Brooklyn.
1: They're (laughs) officially... They are off officially on, on the, the Dragon Talk Elevation list.
0: On the Elevation tour, yes. Are we going to have an Elevation tour like you two? I actually th-
1: thought of that. Yeah, we should tour.
0: You have thought about doing Dragon Talk on tour yes. for a while. Yes. Yeah, we tried. We did it with the uh, Gary Khan and that was like I think that worked really well. Yeah. So next year, 2020, we'll be in your hometown. <laughs> Dragon we're Talk coming, on tour. We're coming to Nashville. You heard it. We're coming to Minneapolis. We're going to Portland, Maine. Yes. Not. Oregon.
1: Maine. <laughs> Portland, Maine.
0: Maine. Let's go happening. to
1: Boulder, Colorado.
0: Oh, I want to go to Boulder, Colorado. Me too. Yeah, there's so many things there like rocks.
1: Boulders. Uh, there's
0: some stones. Stones that sometimes. There's things that you can do to, to, to get stone when thing, people throw stones at you. Oh, like that kind of stuff. That thing. kind of yeah, stuff. God. I need to figure that one now. Um, Shelly, where can people complain about us and our hosting abilities?
1: Probably to our <laughs> HR department, <laughs> Wizards of the Coast HR.
0: We'll just send you right in, and we'll walk you right in.
1: Yes, we'll show you right where it is. Or uh, you can you can complain t- about me to me on Twitter at Shelly
0: Moo. Or you can Sorry. give us some high fives and I be will like, "We like your you. tweet." Blocked. Uh, no, we. No, uh, I would the,
1: never do that. At, at Shelly freedom Moe. of speech at Shelly Mo. <laughs> On Twitter.
0: I am at Greg Tito on the Twitters. uh, Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. But if you want to find out everything about what's happening in Dungeons & Dragons world. And I do. You can go to DungeonsAndDragons.com. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of product information up there. Uh, All of our podcast pages are up there with show notes, things like that. You can find them. We are also very interested to let you know about Dragon Plus yes we, we are. are it is an app that you can download for your Android device or iOS that sounds
1: delightful uh, you can also oh, find it on another yeah. place
0: well, dragonmag.com oh dear all of <laughs> I like that we, we went like highfalutin and then we went right back into C3PO yeah that's all I got <laughs>
1: that's
0: all <laughs> yeah, that's, my uh,
1: pigeons
0: I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about I like pigeons pigeons are gonna be great I once had a pigeon what did you do with it I don't know. It flew away. <laughs> I didn't feed it enough.
1: Hey, Ryan, pay attention to <laughs> us.
0: What's that pigeon
1: up there? Is it going to fall on me? I no, He looks like he's about to. We're going to get stoned.